Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Welcome to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Woods, and always try to help you find some great resources to add more STEM, more science, technology, engineering, and math to your everyday classroom. And in fact, a lot of libraries are adding more STEM and more makerspace. So today we have a, a great guest to, to chat with, and uh, her name is Rhea Stark. Now you can find Rhea on Twitter at Rhea Stark. That's R-H-I-A. That's how you pronounce or spell her first name. Uh, and Stark, just like Tony Stark, but she's assured me she's not related to Tony Stark. She's not Iron Woman, right? Right, Rhea? You're not? I can't reveal that right now. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but if she could reveal it to you, um, you would you would know that she has like no uh, no metal suits at home or anything. So, um, <laughs> but but Rio, we're we're so glad to have you on the show today, and and you're a STEM specialist for the Library Corporation, which is uh, which you can find at tlcdelivers.com. But tell us tell us what does it mean to be a STEM specialist for a library group? So the Library Corporation is uh, traditionally a library software company. We provide things like your check-in and check-out system in libraries, um, your online catalog, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, but we, we also um, provide makerspace technology as part of our TLC Smart Tech division. And cool. so as the STEM specialist, I get to help cultivate really cool unique products. And I also get to talk to a lot of librarians about how to incorporate all the technology into their makerspaces and how to develop library programs around that. Cool. So you kind of get to look at all the different products that are out there available and kind of like sift them down and find what works best in a library? Yeah, definitely. And not only what works best in a library, but also some high-tech and low-tech options that really have that hands-on learning um, element to them as well. Yeah. And that's important to remember for, for librarians, um, for educators everywhere that just because you don't have that latest high tech gadget or, or the newest STEM toys that I was just reading an article uh, just today about STEM toys, you know, and that's, that's a big thing. You slap the word STEM on it and everybody wants to buy it, but it can be low tech stuff too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the, uh, one of, one of the biggest high-tech, low-tech that kind of combines both um, is actually yep. the, our Turing Tumble product. Okay. And uh, one of the things that is just is really cool about it is that it's, it's a mechanical marble-powered computer. And so right off the bat, you're learning about programming, but you're doing it in such a way that it's more of a puzzle game. And so that's why it has that kind of high tech concept because it's teaching about computers, but it's also really um, a low tech option because there's no electronics. It's completely mechanical. It's marbles and gravity. Wow. So, so just like if, if you know anything about, you know, Turing's machine to like break the Enigma machine, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was named after. Yeah. And uh, it, if, the board were big enough, it could do anything that a regular Turing machine could do as well. So wow. pretty cool stuff. That's, yeah. So, and, and those kind of things you can find on uh, TLC smarttech.shop. Um, you guys have a whole variety of things. Like, like you said, um, you, you've, you've kind of um, sifted through and found things that, that can be high tech and low tech. 
to add to, to libraries, to maker spaces. Tell us, tell us how, how come we've gotten to this point where, where libraries and schools and, and STEM and makerspace have all kind of joined forces, like, I guess, like the Avengers, right? <laughs> nice Tony Stark reference again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so basically, I mean, I feel like schools have always really been there with this uh, STEM initiative. We just haven't always called it STEM. I yep. think now it's about bringing it all together into into one one place. So like, for instance, you teach math and I'm sure yep. it's not just math. It's, you know, you have those other scientific, technological, engineering components that are also incorporated in the classroom. Yep, exactly. So, uh, so. so- yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so a library, uh, if it's just books, you're, you're missing out on the application of all the books, all the application of the stories. Right. And I think that that's actually a misconception is that libraries are only about books. Um, I think even historically, libraries have really been about access to information and access to resources. And historically, that has been books. But now in this digital age, when we have all of this technology and all of these computers, libraries are really more than just, what should I read today? It's what kind of resources are available? What should I be learning about? Um, what, what's available really in the yeah. world? And so having libraries be that, that pivotal point to bring those STEM resources in, I think is crucial. So if you were, if you were designing a, a lab, Library, like your perfect, your picture perfect library of of today. Uh, you you know what it would look like, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I always imagine that it would have a um, one of those ladders that spins across the room. First of all, oh yeah, you know, definitely. Like, Beast Bell, just yeah. <laughs> so I would have- <laughs> Um, and then on the other side of the room, it would definitely have um, a lot of tables and a space for collaboration and creativity because it's, like I said, it's not just about the books. Those are important too, but also being able to have um, a, a chance to meet with other people and learn new things from other experts. Every, you know, everyone's an expert in their own field. And when yep. you bring them all together in a space like the library, um, even a school library where different students are learning different topics and are interested in different subjects, you get them talking and now all of a sudden you become interested in something new and you learn something new. Yeah. So, so if you're a librarian or an educator listening to this um, and you haven't taken your kids to the library in a while, um, uh, take, th- take them there and, and think about what resources are available here. What, what kind of things have we been missing out on? Because, you know, we're, we're too busy just typing uh, google.com and, and having kids type something into there. Um, you, you said, you said one of the things that you really like about um, that you're trying to help, help promote and add to more libraries is 3d printing, right? Yes, definitely. So what, Um, what's, what's the connection there? I mean, it doesn't, I mean, like we said, it's library isn't just, you know, books, but how do you, how do you, how do you get people thinking that a library is a place to 3d print? So, a lot of libraries are moving towards getting 3D printers. And I think there's kind of this debate right now of when you think makerspace, do you think 3D printing? And Mm -hmm. it's almost like the easy go-to solution um, when you're figuring out if you want to add certain technology to a makerspace. And the reason I am pro 3D printing um, is a (laughs) number of reasons. (laughs) And um, one of them is that when you start to 3D print and you start to actually design in 3D, 
you're not looking to mass produce something. You know, you're not going to be able to ever sit down with a 3D printer and print out a number of items that you can sell on the mass market. That's not what it's about. Right. Um, it's more about being able to create uh, different iterations of designs. And when you sit down and start creating those iterations, it gives you this opportunity to think, okay, well, I've made this piece, but it doesn't quite fit what I wanted. So what can I change to make it different? And just that, that um, invention cycle and really that inquiry-based learning gets students outside of their usual um, you know, textbook answers and textbook thought process. So I think that 3D printing is a tool to be able to take students one step further into make into creating solutions for common everyday problems. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. We need more kids being able to create and, and innovate and, and think and not just, you know, fill in the blank on the worksheet. Um, it, the STEM is, is making more and more uh, inroads into schools. Um, mm-hmm. We've got kids that kids, why, why do kids go for, for STEM so easily? Why, why is it, I mean, we, we say we want education to be exciting for kids and then we've got all these resources there and and sometimes we don't take advantage of them, but, but kids love STEM, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that kids are natural makers. I think that as they grow up, that's how they view the world and that's how they learn. And uh, for instance, my, my colleague was telling me about um, her daughter And she said that she comes into the room and says, Hey, are you going to use that large box for anything? You know, (laughs) bridge or whatever it is. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to use it. Go ahead. And she turns it into a rocket ship or a car. You know, she just has this imagination where it's, I see a cardboard box and I'm going to do something cool with it. Yeah. And then if we, if we help kids to to think like that, uh, then, then they're not just going to look at the world. Uh, just in a reactionary way, they're going to look at it in a in an innovative and a and a what can I do to impact the world um, sort of way. So so yeah. Rhea, again again we're we're chatting with Rhea Stark, and again you can find her on Twitter at Rhea R H I A Stark. Um, you're a STEM specialist for the Library Corp. Uh, TLCdelivers.com. Um, let's talk about um, the STEM education in the future. Um, STEM is already a buzzword. It's already attached to toys and products and books. Um, are we are we going to see the demise because we've hit the uh, the tipping point, or what do you think? That's a really good question, and I, I hear this a lot with um, the idea of maker spaces as well. Like this maker yeah. movement has really become very inclusive of a lot of different. Uh, like, well, kind of like STEM, you know, anything where you can use science or add math to something now, quote, STEM. Yep. Uh, same with maker. Anything that is hands-on becomes, you know, something that you make. And so I do, I think that, um, yes, it is very inclusive, but I also think that that provides opportunities for more people to explore what they're interested in. Yeah. And if it is this idea of um, combining different topics. I think that that's going to be important in the future. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so, it's so exciting to see that, that people are taking an interest in STEM and in makerspace. Um, do you see, do you see a lot of libraries still, um, still without makerspaces still yet to add, add that kind of stuff still hesitant or, I mean, cause you're working with a lot of libraries directly, right? 
Yeah, definitely. It's it's almost like there's the spectrum. You've got some libraries, um, and this is school libraries included, not just public libraries, that are really mm-hmm. gung-ho. You know, they've got all the latest technology. They're using it really well. They've turned their spaces into very collaborative um, places for students and patrons to explore. And then on the other side, you have libraries that are a little bit hesitant or don't necessarily have the budget to be able to afford those, those high-tech products. So that's why I think it's really important that libraries are creating more programs. So maker spaces, yes, are a space where you can um, you can go and you can make. Yep. But you start creating a program around that where it's you know bringing people together at a specific time and being able to introduce a specific topic, then you really do get more of that collaboration and uh, people learning in a in a faster paced environment. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so take it out, take out almost like a little bit of the, um, just the free flow of ideas, but to be, kind of give a little bit of a push in a direction or a little bit of groundwork, especially maybe for kids that aren't so um, innovative yet. Um, educators who are, who are still kind of learning this whole makerspace product pro- mm-hmm. idea. Well, yeah. And then there's also this idea of more inquiry-based programs. So even if it's not about the technology, you can bring um, students and bring patrons in and, and say, like, here, here's a topic that we're going to focus on. Like, let's just start asking questions about it. And then once they start exploring it on their own, you know, you, you provide more prompts and more questions. And then that just yeah. gets them more. And, and it becomes becomes problem solving. It becomes finding solutions for for small problems for big problems. You know, like like we like going back to what you were talking about three D printing earlier. Um, when you find mm-hmm. a problem and you say, "I have a solution," then you can prototype something uh, in in a three D printer. Yeah, exactly. And then reprototype and reprototype again until you get it right. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Um, so so again, we're chatting with Rhea Stark at Rhea Stark on Twitter. Um, you, you're, you're working just that idea of, of helping educators or helping librarians uh, to connect uh, that, that STEM component, that makerspace component. Uh, what, are some, what are some of the practical things that you're, you're doing uh, with the Library Corporation? Um, uh, so really it's making sure that we can get into libraries and help them support their visions for makerspaces and bringing those STEM programs into their spaces. So like I mentioned, there is that spectrum of, you know, some, some libraries are really on top of it and then others don't necessarily have the budget or don't know what to do, where to start. And so that's one of the, we're trying to help support is uh, being able to come in and and help them establish that vision and, uh, help them create programs if they need programs or help them find the technology that works for their space and for their community and, and all of their needs. Yeah. So if, so if you're an educator, uh, you've been listening to this episode of the STEM everyday podcast and you're like, wow, some of these things that, that Rhea and Chris are chatting about today, these are what we need in our library at our school or, or in the library in our town. Um, connect with Rhea uh, and she'd be happy, I'm sure, right? To, to chat with you and, and, and give you some ideas and, and, and see how they can work with you. Um, again, find her uh, at Rhea Stark on Twitter uh, or tlcdelivers.com. Um, other, any, any other last thoughts you'd like to, like to chat about here, Rhea? Um, yeah, I, just one last thought. So in terms of STEM and the future of technology, I just wanna throw in my little historical tidbit 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go for it. So basically before the printing press and before we had televisions and all of this, uh, people used to memorize facts and learn by listening. And yeah. so then once we started developing all of that um, visual media, so now we have the printing press, people can read their news, and then television starts getting developed. Um, as a society, we start to shift our brains more towards a visual-based learning. Yep. And now with all of this technology, I mean, some some students and, um, and kiddos, they, they learn how to use their touchscreen before they ever learn how to use a mouse and keyboard. You know, they know how to use apps before yeah. they ever know how to use a, you know, pencil and paper. Yeah, and so exactly. I, I think it's very interesting to see how we're going to go forward. Um, maybe instead of being a visual society, we'll start becoming more of a, uh, a digital base or, um, uh, connection yeah. basis, like maybe it's all the connections for uh, via apps and seeing how 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 the world connects. Yeah, so we're, I mean we're we're definitely starting to we're, yeah we're definitely starting to see that already where um, things more and more are all uh, intertwined, interconnected. Um, even like even like what we we're talking about today. I mean how libraries are connecting and overlapping with with makerspace and STEM ideas, and and we're changing that idea of what what a library really is um, to, to really probably more what it really should be. Yeah, absolutely. And so for educators um, who maybe didn't realize that how important the library is, I would say talk to your school librarians and collaborate on projects and figure out ways to bring STEM both into the classroom and into the library space um, together. That's awesome. Uh, great, great ideas today, Ria. I'm, I'm so glad we got to, to chat today. Um, one last question, though, for you before we go. A uh, question mm -hmm. I like to ask everybody. Uh, if you could sit down for dinner with somebody from STEM, somebody, some scientist, you know, engineer, mathematician, uh, who, who would you sit down with for dinner? Um, I, my initial reaction is to say Bill Nye, because I think that he could explain <laughs> literally anything to me that I had a, a question about. Um, and then my second person would probably be Leonardo da Vinci because I think he's oh. the original maker, original tinkerer. So, oh, definitely. And then you think of all the different types of things that, that he worked on, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly out of wood, too. Like, I, I don't understand all that, and I want to <laughs> know more. But, but like, uh, like, like your uh, product that you were talking about earlier, the, the Turing tumble and um, just that mechanical aspect. And sometimes when we leave that digital behind and do something very mechanically, uh, we, we learn in a completely different way and it could be very, very cool. So, hey, just yeah, now I'm, now I'm, yeah, now I'm, now I'm just thinking, have you ever actually done like, cause you know, like you work with libraries or have you ever seen like libraries actually making like printing presses to like show kids how, how you had to actually make a book back in the day? Yeah. I've seen a few library programs where they do like mini books. So it's very basic, um, you know, sewing together maybe eight pages to learn how a book is, is made. Wow. Um, I've seen libraries do um, like t-shirt presses. So you can yep, design, yep. design there. And then, um, I think the most common one is button making, which kind of goes along those same lines. You can see how I am um, like just a pin that you would put onto your shirt or something, how okay. that gets made. Wow. Cool. Well, now I've got a whole other idea just to think about. So, so thank you for that, Rhea. That was great. So yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for chatting yeah. with me.
So yeah, it's been great having Rhea Stark here on the show with us on the STEM Everyday Podcast today. Um, again, follow Rhea on, on Twitter at Rhea Stark. Um, there's more information about Rhea in the show notes and check out tlcdelivers.com or tlcsmarttech.shop for some of the great products and things. Um, or if you just need some ideas or advice, definitely reach out to Rhea. She'd be happy to help you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you for listening to this episode. And as always, uh, check out all the great episodes of the STEM Everyday Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, Subscribe to it and tell a friend about it. And as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daily STEM and I love chatting and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. 